0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a tour of misguided medicine. Me? I'm your co-host, Justin Tyler McElroy.
1: And I'm Sydney McElroy. Are you excited, Justin?
0: I'm excited to talk about
1: business. You, uh, Finally,
0: something that I know everything about, MrBusinessBoy.com.
1: You were a uh, award-winning business writer, weren't you? For- I
0: was an AP... AP <sighs> award-winning <laughs> business writer. I was the best business writer, best business boy nationwide. Yes, in Ohio in 2007 or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. I was very proud. You got a
0: plaque and everything. I got a plaque and everything. It's still proudly displayed in my home because it's a real achievement that Grandpa Dan can appreciate. <laughs> <And I laughs> it's can,
1: something tangible, tangible that he tangible understands. That Dan you can, wrote. In a in a newspaper, about a physical business. newspaper that you can hold with your hands yeah. about business, business, and you, you know. wrote
0: so good, you got an award. Wow, it's all very relatable and practical and real.
1: I know "well" was appropriate, not "good" there, but I felt like "good" fit the no, I got gotcha. you energy better. You don't have to make excuses. Well, here. you know, you so get emails, space. you, get emails, wow. you, you get, emails. get emails about grammar. That's weird. I don't get emails about grammar. Yeah, it, I don't know what the difference it, is between it, it. us. So, Sid, <laughs> <laughs> what's this week's episode about? Uh, this week's episode, okay, the, I have gotten a lot of emails over time about, um, not just grammar, but about various products that are for sale, uh, that may or may not be real. There's, there's a, there's a new one out there. I haven't gotten to that one yet. I've gotten a ton of articles that are a ton of emails that are all just subject line boo. So we'll get into that. If, I know we'll get into that eventually. This is an older one. And there are lots of these companies, some of them MLM, some of them not, that sell things that are pseudoscientific, right? Like they're making claims that either they intentionally don't really mean anything so that they can skirt FTC regulation or they say things that definitely mean something but aren't really true. Um, and this is one that I could have I have let slide and could have continued to let slide because there's so many of these right I can't I can't talk about all of them and that wouldn't be very interesting if our podcast was just devoted to here's something else that doesn't work right uh, there are lots of MLMs um, there's lots of pseudoscience but not all of them show up in my hometown
0: <laughs> yes here
1: in Huntington and open up a physical location devoted.
0: To, to that product, this product, right? It's here in our home, and the thing that I find really interesting is it might be in your town, and you may not know. I didn't.
1: Uh, I have to. I have to thank Riley, my sister. Oh, for recommending we uh, do a show on this because she was the one who called to my attention. Hey, do you know what this place is? This new place in town is, and I said, no, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I had no idea. And then I started looking into it and realized that there are many, many places that might have similar nutrition clubs Mm. and not realize that that's what they are. So uh, because of that, I had no choice.
0: It was out of your hands. It
1: was out of my hands. And it gave the opportunity for Justin to do a little investigative journalism.
0: Oh, my. Well, Sydney, that's –
1: Calling on those skills,
0: it's, yeah. It, it, those you've heard a lot of people have been talking lately about my sort of investigative journalism background, and I think it's uh, you know high time that we're we're finally uh, talking about it. That's right, Sid. I did a little investigative work uh, of of my very own on this one and did a little little uh, kind of like a gumshoe sleuthing sleuthing kind know? of
1: a Nancy Drew thing.
0: Yeah, In is notice, that <laughs> I uncovered a a lot of <laughs> a lot of dirt.
1: Not really, but no. I just
0: uh, I I just went to this place and got a milkshake.
1: <laughs> Justin went and got a milkshake, and we'll tell you about that. But first, <laughs> let's let's go through the history of Herbalife. Okay. So Herbalife uh, was originally conceived by Mark Hughes. This was a, a California native born in 1956, who um, from a from a young age was. just the kind of guy who was like a good salesperson. Like that's part of his sort of bio is that he was good at selling stuff to people like raffle tickets in school, even like just always had a knack for sales. I envy people like that. I do not have that. Me neither. Totally. Nope. Not, not, not a single skill in that area. Uh, But he always did. And uh, he was particularly motivated. And this story is one that has been sort of, I don't think it really matters if it's, true or not, but I should say I always like to put that caveat in there when I'm kind of giving a little bit of a biographical history that maybe has been called into question. And Mm -hmm. you'll find this, you know, when we talk about some of these products, these over-the-counter pseudo-medical kind of health wellness products, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before. You get these sort of stories about how the founder, like what led them to come up with this product. You know, some of the ones we've talked about before, Um, this might be in that realm or it may be true, but the, the story is that his mother used a lot of unsafe diet pills while he was growing up, mm. and eventually uh, she unfortunately overdosed on diet pills. Oh, my gosh. And because of that, he was particularly motivated to try to find safe, healthy diet supplements um, so that he could sell, use his talent for salesmanship to sell those two people in, in instead of a lot of the dangerous diet pills that were out there and especially if you consider like uh, the time period mm-hmm. in which he's going to start like entering the the working world in the 70s a lot of the diet pills of the time would have contained like Various amphetamines that could have been dangerous, you know, that are, that definitely were dangerous that we know that have yeah. been banned.
0: We've talked about this in the past. Uh, things got wild mm-hmm. there for uh, quite some time mm-hmm. on, in the diet pill world.
1: Absolutely. Um, and so uh, he, first, he first entered into sort of the diet industry by working uh, for a, a company called Slender Now, um, which sold diet pills. And he did pretty well, except it was – found to be a pyramid scheme and shut down. This is going to be a a similar, this is going to be a theme. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And a lot of the companies back then, like, we're were in the time period before, like, the idea of it being a pyramid scheme automatically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, people were still getting away with it. it. We're just entering into where, like, there was all this regulation being created to be like, hey, look, if you're running a business, that is solely based on getting other people to buy your stuff and then recruit other people to sell it, and then they recruit other people to sell it, and nobody ever sells anything to anyone. They're just endlessly recruiting people. That's not okay. Like this idea is just being sort of put out there. So he went on to another company called Golden Youth. This was another one that was eventually – closed down. I tried to find like, man, I tell you, some of these names you start trying to Google to find like, are this company still around?
0: Yeah. Golden Youth also seems like it could get uh, pretty sketchy, pretty quickly. Exactly. <laughs> on Google.
1: Uh, luckily, there's like a band, and so that was mainly what I thank kept you. finding was a band. <laughs> thank, was just, <laughs> you, news. Whew, thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, these would be closed, and he would eventually decide he need, needed to venture out on his own. Um, and he got some partners from these other companies. By the way, like that's part of why I mentioned these other places that he worked. Mm-hmm. Is he pulled the best and the brightest? I guess you could say from mm-hmm. these other companies uh, to help him form his own. I want to give you an idea of who some of these partners were just to give you, like, a feel for – I mean, here we are. It's the end of the 70s. This company is going to launch in 1979, okay? Mm -hmm. You've got Mark Hughes, who I've already told you has this motivation to find a better diet pill and who is great at sales. And then you have his team, Richard Marconi, who for a long time said that he had a Ph.D. in nutrition – That was not true. He eventually had to admit that what he had was a mail order certificate from a correspondence school. Ah. Um, Ah. Perhaps in nutrition, but.
0: Maybe a very good correspondence school. It could have been. And maybe a very nice certificate with some gold leaf or fancy handwriting. (laughs) And let me tell you,
1: (laughs) as somebody who looked at the MD path and the PhD path and decided, PhD seems much harder, I think I'll stick with MD. I doubt that it was equivalent to the work you would get put into getting a PhD. Yeah. That is my, that's my two cents. Uh, Lawrence Thompson, who uh, previously worked at Golden Youth. um, And before Golden Youth, he had worked at Best Line Products, which in 1973 was fined $1.5 million for, you know, being a pyramid scheme. Um, And then also uh, Larry Stephen Huff.
0: Who, who was involved in what would be called Stephen Huff is the last name. You're not talking about three people named Larry, Steve, and Huff. No,
1: right? no, Larry Stephen Huff.
0: I'm really fixated on this Huff character, <laughs> and I want to know all about him.
1: Well, he was once uh, involved in what was called the father of all pyramid schemes, uh, Holiday Man- Magic Inc. Um, right? Yes. Okay. We uh,
0: what was this Holiday Magic Inc. That was in um 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 the Dream. A, a, a podcast about MLM was, was it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well,
1: he this guy was involved in that. Oh, it was um, sort of like
0: the Er, the Er Pyramid mm-hmm. <laughs> Scheme for the Er Multi Level Marketing. Yeah, back
1: back in '73, he uh, his distributors were defrauded out of two hundred and fifty million dollars. That's in '73 money. Yes. Ooh. That's uh, so. Anyway, this was so with his team. So now we have assembled our Oceans Eleven. Yeah, <laughs> our Oceans four I think I have here uh and I'm sure there were some other people involved but the company launched in 79 uh Herbalife and it was an instant success um it pulled on and I'm like why was it such a success I mean I think you have to like some one of the themes we've talked about on this show is that when you give people the idea that something is more natural that mm-hmm. something is From Mother Earth. Right. As it is intended to be. The natural fallacy. That it's safer, it's better for you, that intrinsically that product is superior. And Herbalife, I think, was one of the first companies to jump on that in a big way and really push that, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so the Herbalife plan was kind of the foundation of this company. Um, And the Herbalife plan was you eat one meal a day, you take like 20 or so pills— that they sell you, of that's course. A lot of pills. Yeah. And then they also had protein powders that you could make into shakes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was kind of like the, that's how they launched. So already, by the way, if, if, if from a medical standpoint, if from a health standpoint, if you're thinking encouraging people to only eat one meal a day and take lots of pills doesn't sound good, <laughs> I would agree with you. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, but we're, we're also in a time period where the, especially the diet craze was, You know, it was really taking off as we go into the 80s. So uh, a lot of people were attracted to this plan. And also, it was a multi-level marketing company. So not only could you buy their stuff and use it to – I mean, the big thing was to lose weight. It it had this whole, like, air of, like – it was like the precursor to the wellness industry, this whole air of, like – being better, but also you'll lose weight, was the idea, um, and uh, you could also become a distributor and sell it to other people. And what do they say? Be your own boss, right? Be in charge of your own destiny. Make some money. Have a side gig. So uh, they also got in early on the infomercial craze. They were one of the one of the early companies to take advantage and get one of those big hour long infomercials. Nice. Um, and back then, you know, you got an hour of TV time. There's only so much on TV. A lot of people watched it. Yeah. They even had their own magazine at one point that wow, really? you could subscribe to. Yeah. To just tell you about the Herbalife life, I guess. What if it had comics? I, you know, I don't My I didn't Dis- I didn't look to see if it had comics.
0: My Disney World magazine has comics. You know, it's got Wally D, the squirrel that lives at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. He gets in all kinds of scrapes. So I figure if the Walt the Walt Disney magazine can have that, why can't the Herbalife magazine have like Herbie? Herbie the herb or something.
1: I really appreciate what Wally D is doing because it's so aggressively unfunny that it has to be intentional, and then I and then it makes me question it as art. Like, is this art all of a sudden? And I, it really, it's magical. I mean, no, it comes all the way around the other end where it starts to make me think.
0: You're this is so mean. I get. What if the Wally D guy is like listening to this? You ever thought about that? No. What if he's like a big salt boner?
1: Okay. Well, how about this? I don't think, as a 38-year-old adult, I am the target audience for Wally D.
0: <laughs> Charlie fair. and
1: Cooper laugh
0: every they, time. Yeah, they get so they, they love this guy, this squirrel.
1: <laughs> I, as a cat person, am also not the target audience for Marmaduke. But there are people out there who love Marmaduke. That's true. And that is fine. That's and great. I celebrate you and your Marmaduke love. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the magazine was also, by the way, filled with testimonials. Testimonials was a big, and this is such an old... Um, patent medicine theme you get uh, if you can't if you don't have scientific proof because you didn't get any then just get a bunch of testimonials from mm. people who say hey this worked for me so um, you could make like as much as $200 for writing a testimonial in that they could use and print
0: mm, this is um, a, that is a very common ploy with businesses that are less than reputable
1: so uh, their slogan which you probably have heard before lose weight now ask me how Hmm. And that's how you got new distributors, right? You recruited Hmm. them to the company by – I mean, back then, everybody was, I guess, trying to lose – I don't know. I hadn't been born yet, but that's the impression I get when I look at workout videos from the time. By 1985, the company appeared um, on Inc. Magazine's list of fastest-growing private companies. Um, It was huge. So in just those few years, it it went from 386,000 to 423 million. Yes. They had, like, 700,000 distributors from the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia. They brought in, like, 500 million a year. I mean, it was huge by 1985. Um, and Hughes was doing really well at the time. He was enjoying his success. He actually bought this big, giant, like, Beverly Hills mansion, and it used to be Dang. owned by, by Kenny Rogers. Whoa. So.
0: The gambler himself. <laughs> so. My, my, my. That is quite the prestige symbol.
1: Yeah, Um, but, uh, just as all of this was happening, as early as 1981, so I told you this company started in 79, well, even as it's skyrocketing to success, in those early years, you start to see another theme, which is that the FDA, and eventually the FTC, and a lot of other people start taking a really hard look at what Herbalife is doing.
0: They gotta come ruin the party.
1: (laughs) So I'm gonna tell you this. The story of the uh, health and truth-concerned <laughs> authorities. I mean, that's why they're going after them. Well, yeah. Who, yeah. Who, or
0: they just don't want you to have the secret. Who ruined the party.
1: <laughs> but first, let's go to the billing department. Let's go.
0: The medicines, the medicines that escalate
1: macabre for the mouth.
0: High-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes, you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is is, is part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on Bullseye, David Byrne on the talking heads, easing back into live performance, and the magic of doo You don't get it very much, people doing dibbity-dip-dip, whoa-whoa,
1: na ma You don't get a lot of that. <laughs> Listen to Bullseye from MaximumFun.org
0: and NPR. All right, Sid's about to... to... Kick all the kids out of the pool and turn on the lights at the at the prom, kill all the fun. I know. Kids. That's gosh. Cancel that's, the parade. I'm lit. Cancelling- li- that one's literal. <laughs> Sydney's canceled parades in Huntington before. That <laughs> Just, one's literal. A,
1: if that isn't a description of you and me, you threw an unauthorized parade in Huntington and I canceled an authorized parade yeah, in Huntington. Fair. There we are. That's a nutshell. Uh, so Despite this, um, all the success, the FDA had been looking at the company as early as 81. There had been reports of some various adverse GI effects from the different things that they sold, the the supplements, the powders, whatnot. Um, And then the Herbalife official career book was published a year later, and it had ingredients of everything Mm. in it. Um, So you can make your own at home? (laughs) It was mainly for – well, it was for the distributors, right, is your career book. That's what you got to remember. These companies aren't just selling whatever the product is. They're selling the idea that you could make a ton of money selling the product. So they're selling the business as much as they're selling whatever the business is selling. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. So they – they released this book. It had ingredients. The FDA got upset because there was a lot of stuff in it that they thought was made false claims and ingredients that they had problems with. There was a, an herbal aloe drink that was said would help treat, like, stomach and kidney and bowel things. There was – they have these Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula – like, different numbered formulas that they sell. That's still true today, by the way. You can still find those Formula 1 things, um, like Formula 1 pies or something. Um uh, but they had like Formula 2, which they claimed treated 75 different conditions, um, including cancer. Uh, yes. And they had some ingredients that specifically the FDA was mad about. Um, one was poke root. Uh, we've had poke root, poke weed actually growing out back of our house before. I, I only know because I took a picture and then put it on the internet once and said, what is this growing out back of my house? And finally figured out it was poke weed. Don't eat it because it can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, bloody... Bowel movements, bloody vomiting, low blood Man. pressure, seizures. Um, so they had some of that in some of them. Um, some had mandrake in them, which, if poise- you poise- read <laughs> fantasy of any sort, yeah, <laughs> you may know mandrake is dangerous. It can cause all kinds of uh, very dangerous symptoms: uh, blurry vision, uh, dryness of your mouth, dizziness, vomiting, your heart racing. Um, uh, you can have hallucinations. That's part of why mandrake has sort of its mystical connotation because you can hallucinate while you're on it. Um, And uh, and then they also had what was maybe not food-grade linseed oil. I guess linseed oil can definitely – like the food-grade definitely can be in things. You can uh-huh. eat that. That's fine. But there's also like not food-grade, which is used for like I think var- like varnishing wood or something. You put it on wood, something mm-hmm. to that. I, you might know this, Justin. This may yep. be in your – Wheelhouse, yeah. Yep. So uh, maybe Boiled it wasn't.
0: Seed oil is, is 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 typically what you look. It's nice. You get a nice sort of aging. It gets a nice patina. Well, flaxseed oil there was is another a, is another name.
1: Exactly. Is more common. And there was a question as to whether or not it was indeed food grade the oil they were using. So um, because of all this, the company agreed to to try to back off some of their claims um, that were not backed by any science. Um, even and to remove the ingredients that were, you know, deadly. Uh, this didn't stop the Canadian Department of Justice, who brought suit against them the next year for misleading advertising, false claims. Um, and, uh, And Hughes didn't like all this because he felt like all this stuff from Canada, all this, it was unfair. Like basically the FDA was trying to make him an example. He Mm -hmm. felt like he was being targeted. His company was being targeted so that other – because this was in the middle of the diet pill craze and that they were trying to make an example out of him basically. Um, And so he kind of went on the offense against the FDA and accused them of all this stuff, publicly went out and said like none of this is true. You know, they're just after me because I'm successful and I don't know, they're jealous. <laughs> um, but the as soon as it, all this happens and it culminates, just as we see this like meteoric rise that sort of tops off in 85, you see a crash because of all this bad press. And so people start to get nervous. Um, and then there was a lawsuit that was brought against them in California. Uh, Congress started investigating after that because of this big lawsuit in California. Um, As a result, like I said, they stopped selling so much. They had to lay off a bunch of people. They had to discontinue a bunch of products. They had to pay a lot of settlements. Um, And so things weren't going so well in the US, Mm -hmm. right? right? The FDA, Congress, everybody was paying attention to them. So they took their company and went overseas. And tried to make up their losses other places where they didn't have so much bad press yet. And it worked. They expanded to Japan, to Israel, to New Zealand, to Spain, to Mexico, to France, to Germany, all over the place, um, selling their products and selling the MLM structure, selling the business. Um, And everywhere they went, they would eventually run into trouble with the government. They had this kind of common theme where they would go somewhere, have explosive sales, do really well. The government would get involved and things would, ta- would kind of peter out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like in France, they got accused of being tied to some sort of religious organization. Whoa. I don't know. There was something weird there. And then in Germany and Canada, they got in trouble because they had ephedrine in one of their products. And that was being banned at the time slowly mm-hmm. place by place. Um, they got in trouble for various times for being a pyramid scheme. They were accused of that a lot. Um, A lot of different countries had different sort of definitions of that, and they kept having to try to tweak the model to avoid being labeled that based on the law in different Mm -hmm. parts of the world.
0: I get the sense that they're kind of like adjusting to whatever the law is, like building like a kudzu, just sort of like growing around the law. In sort of a law-like shape. I,
1: I have to imagine – and this is this is just me guessing. I don't know this to be fact. But I – have because I'm a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I have to imagine they had a really good, effective legal team as they moved around the world who really understood this stuff and was able to sort of mold the company into something that was legal everywhere they went. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a really effective um, legal team. I don't know that. That is my guess based on what, what we saw. But anyway, they kept selling. Um, there were distributors who started to file suits against the company, basically saying, like, hey, um, we did this and we followed the rules and we followed your career guide and we gave you money and then we never made any money. And yeah, yeah it's worth noting,
0: I think and Cindy would probably agree to this that like there 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 are a lot of, of multi-level marketing companies that you would hear very similar stories from and we're not sydney and i here in a position where we can like fully uh, to say like whether or not there that would be a successful you know enterprise or not like on the business end of it oh we, no we i have, we don't have a lug to say it out there
1: no and all i'm telling you in terms of the legal action is stuff that happened i don't know the ins and outs or what anybody actually did i know what the what the late what the case law or what the cases were what the suit said, what people claimed, the actual things that are... I mean, this is all just documents. You can read this all over the internet. Um, This is not the result of any investigative journalism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On our part, anyway. Uh, So, um, Hughes had uh, actually taken the company public back in 1986, and he tried... He made an attempt in 99 to pull it back to a private company, Um, and I think, like, his... Board was fine with it, but the shareholders threatened lawsuit because they felt like they weren't gonna get I guess if you take the company back private, each shareholder would get some sort of money in return. Yes. That's, that that's is my what guess. I guess. Yeah. And and they didn't feel like they were getting a fair deal. Yeah. So it it didn't happen. Yeah. Um but you by
0: shareholders and shareholders get to vote on that kind of
1: thing. Yeah. So um but but with all this, they're still selling. So, like, you're hearing all these, like, rumbles of legal trouble and all this kind of stuff. But, like, they're still growing. Like, there is no doubt that at that point the company was still growing. By 2001, 50 different countries were selling Herbalife products um, and bringing in new distributors. And even at that, that year, um, the um, unfortunately, the founder of the company passed away. But that didn't stop the momentum. There was like a brief dip in activity, but they, they still continued to grow even with all that kind of tumult surrounding it. Um, new people got involved and the company changed hands. Um, some things did change over the years, like in, throughout the 2000s. Ephedrine would be removed, as was true. Herbalife was not the only company throwing ephedrine and then, you know, stimulants and amphetamines and things into diet products. Yeah,
0: that was, again— that was a rough. It was a rough.
1: Finish. Yes, lots of companies were doing that and being shut down one by one until finally it was banned everywhere because it was dangerous and it could kill people. Um, the business models would keep being tweaked in response to these accusations of you know the MLM actually being some sort of uh, either pyramid scheme or what was called an endless chain. Mm. Have you heard about those? Like basically, it's just an endless chain of distributors that never ends at a customer. I guess mm. was sort of the impression I got. That is a, that's a different structure. It's
0: kind of like a Ponzi scheme,
1: right? Same sort of idea. I mean, I think we're just, they're all different terms for the same idea. It's the the idea that there is a person at the top who's making all the money and everyone else involved never makes anything.
0: It's there's a sucker born every minute and now let's profit off of
1: it. Yes. (laughs) Um,
0: And also I'm the sucker. (laughs) I'm both the sucker and the sucky.
1: But they would keep growing. They would even uh, have their own processing facilities eventually in China that they would make to, like, gather the herbs from different places. And, like, they pride themselves on, like, you can trace that. You can ask where each supplement, each herb that goes into all of their different things, they can tell you where exactly they source it and where they process it and how it ends up. So, like, a lot of that started to become baked into what their what their thing is, what their pitch is. Um the uh, the lawsuits from distributors and from customers and everything eventually sort of culminated in 2016. Um, they got in big trouble with the FTC in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, actually leading up to that, by the way, there was a settlement in California and a settlement in West Virginia that was a precursor to this. Hmm. Um, in West Virginia, they were accused of violating the um, Telephone Consumer Protection Act. They were doing, like, robocalls oh, to Oh, right, right, right. Anyway, the point is, the big lawsuit was in 2016. There was a huge settlement, and the FTC declared them not necessarily not a pyramid scheme.
0: Not, not, not. Not necessarily not. Not necessarily not a pyramid scheme. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Really okay. hedging
1: your bets there. Yeah, um, mm. made them pay out millions to distributors, um, and they made the claim at that point it was put in writing that, like from their standpoint, it was virtually impossible for a person joining the company to make money, like as a distributor um, working for them. Um, along with the FTC issues, there's also been these claims that have hounded the company throughout the 2000s about um, liver failure that there were certain. Uh, ingredients in some of their products that had caused this liver toxicity and liver failure. There was a a warning that was um, put out about that in Spain. There were some papers published in the U.S. There was a lawsuit in Israel related to these claims. Um, None of it was ever completely substantiated, though. Like, the, the various journal articles that were published kind of said, like, we can see how these ingredients, this specific here or there, might have been toxic to the liver like we can Mm -hmm. see how this might have happened but they couldn't prove a definitive link between the product and the patient does that make sense so like they didn't they never proved that but there definitely were concerns about this that were raised throughout the years um but this didn't again this didn't seem to slow them down they continued to sell new pills new powders new shakes um and you know, I've seen some of the breakdowns for like, because this company, of course, is still around today and eventually into this new form that Justin will give you his insiders view on. Yeah. but uh, the the big breakdown, one of the big breakdowns for this as a multi-level marketing company that I saw in terms of like who makes the money? because like the idea with these is that everybody should be making money, right? Right? everybody. Um, but what they found when they looked at it once was that the bottom thirty percent make nothing. The next 48% made on average about $292 a year. The next 14% made about $2,216 a year, and the remaining 8% were kind of divided up into the upper levels of earnings. So, I mean, I, it's that similar structure that you see a lot when you get involved with these companies, and this is just the truth. This isn't me accusing them of anything illegal. This is just how the companies are structured. Right. The people at the bottom usually don't make that much. There are some people who will climb to those higher levels, but a lot of people don't. And um, in some cases, in some of the companies we've covered before, and this is – I have seen this accusation leveled at Herbalife, although I didn't find the numbers to back it up. Uh, But we talked about this when we talked about the essential oil companies. Right, yes. In some of those companies, the bottom tier distributors actually lose money. Not Um, only do they make zero, but they're buying product. yeah. Yeah. So Remember. there, so I, I've seen that, and but again, this is one of so many companies that right. are structured this way, not just in the wellness and health space, but in every space. So, Herbalife is just one more of them. Um, the uh, in one interesting side note before we get into the nu- nutrition clubs um, in 2012, Bill Ackman tried to publicly short the company. Ah, uh, yes. Um. By basically he came out and said publicly this he didn't just and you can explain what a short is but basically he came out and said i'm going to do this thing that justin is going to describe to you called a short for this company because i believe they are a pyramid scheme this is his belief and i believe that because of that they will eventually go to zero and he said it publicly and he gave like a talk listing all his reasons
0: why now sid is this the same uh, bill ackman that runs pershing square and recently tried to uh, buy out a significant portion of umg with its spec
1: I don't know. He's like a famous guy who does shorts. Yeah. So yeah,
0: it is. It's yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> I was rhetorical. Okay. Bill Ackman. He's kind of a superstar. So I mean, everybody is Bill Ackman. I mean, he's no like he's no Warren Buffett or he's not the Oracle. Do of people like him? What? It's like terms like once you get into people who are this rich, terms like like a dislike tend to lose their meaning. Okay.
1: He sounded like a super rich guy who took a really big bet against Herbalife and lost.
0: I mean, that's the you know yeah. Pay your money, and it takes your chances. That's the, the big, that's the game that we call finance.
1: The reason I the reason the I wanted world. to bring this up is because his attempt to short the company. So, like, I mean, can I just say he bet against them? Using the stock market, he bet so against them. So you said him. I
0: was going to explain it, and then you actually decided you don't want to use a portion of the show for me to explain shorting stuff.
1: Can't they just watch the big short? <sighs> do you yeah. need to ex- Go ahead. Can you do it in 30 seconds or less?
0: Oh, interesting question. I don't know. Yes, I can. Yes, I can do that.
1: What did he do to the company?
0: Okay. If you're long on a company, that means you buy a share of it and say, this is going to go up in value. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have more money later. When you short a company, you buy a stock in it and say, this is going to go down in value. And basically what you're doing is you're borrowing shares, okay, to sell now. And you tell the bank, I'll pay you for these shares later with the hope that you'll have to pay less for them because the value of the company will have gone down when you actually have to pay for these shares. Okay. you sold. So uh, let's say uh, Google is worth, I don't know, three grand per share. You say, I heard Google's going to go downhill. So I'm going to short it, which means I'm going to sell a share that I don't have for three grand. And when the price does drop, Then I'll pay the bank back for that share it loaned me. So I'll have.
1: But you won't have to pay the bank three grand.
0: But I wanted to pay the bank three grand because the share price fell to $1. So I just made $2,999. Okay. On the difference. Well, Bill Ackman tried to do this. But the problem that you get into is this if the stock doesn't do what you think it's going to do, if it goes up, then you just sold a $3,000 share that you are now going to have to pay the bank. $4,000 for because it skyrocketed and you can really end up in hot water. That's what happened with GameStop recently and and, uh, some other, it's called a short squeeze It it's happened.
1: So he, so he did this but it didn't work and he supposedly lost a lot of money because of this.
0: You can get in trouble with that. And he like manages hedge
1: funds which are like big buildings full of money, of other people's money basically. Anyway, so. You indulged me (laughs)
0: and so I will let that slide.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so um, he went out publicly and did this, and then he was losing, right? Like, he was losing on this bet. It was becoming very obvious. The stocks were continuing to climb. They were definitely not going to zero. Um, And because of this, this all plays into the sort of the mythology behind the company, sort of the story that evolved around it. When negative stuff came out Mm -hmm. um, about the company, a lot of people would say, well, that's just Bill Ackman. They're just basing it on what he, and it's to support his stock position, right? Like, and then it began to make you question everything you would hear about it. Because if you heard something negative, is it just somebody trying to manipulate the stock market, or is it true? And so that that and that plays out to today, like even to today, when anything um, negative, like um, uh, last week tonight, with John Oliver did a thing about it, and the response was like, well. They're just basing it on stuff that Ackman put out there. I mean, hmm. I like that. Because right. of that, it's perpetuated this, like—
0: it set up an antagonist, yes. basically. Right.
1: So, anyway, now they have nutrition clubs. So, they started doing this actually prior to the FTC settlement in 2016. But because of that, there are tons of rules around these things that are called nutrition clubs. If you—you if you, you would think it was, like, a smoothie place or, like, a shake place. Certainly. A healthy yeah. shake place is what you would assume that these places are. Um but um, they only sell Herbalife products and they have really strict rules because they're not restaurants, they're not cafes, they're not shake shops or smoothie shops. So they're governed differently, like legally differently. Um, and they can't like – there are certain rules around like what they have to put on the walls. They have to tell you what they are on the walls. Like have very clear signage. Um as far as I can tell, I found Nutrition Club Rules from 2019, and I don't know if they've changed since then, but they talk about things like you can't – from the street, you shouldn't be able to see any signage, mm. um, and you shouldn't uh, post, like, prices anywhere. That's – you're not allowed to do that, um, and you can't really, like – and they have very specific, like, naming constructs, how you can name them and what mm. what is okay and what isn't okay, Um And what you're allowed to talk to your customers about and what you're not allowed to talk to them about. Uh, You're you're not really supposed to advertise them. You're just supposed to, like, use, like, social media and word of mouth, basically. I don't know. But you can – I mean, it's all transparent. Like, you can read about it all online. It's just that you might not know your local whatever shake smoothie shop – is this unless you looked into it now my assumption is justin you can tell us about your experience that walking in and looking at all the products on the walls like you would figure this out pretty fast
0: um i don't know that i had a pretty normal like it would not have seemed off to me like if i was a layman and just a regular um ap award-winning business reporter i would have walked in there and not really thought anything was awry i mean you make the argument that it's not right I walk in, there's a bunch of different smoothies or energy teas that they will sell me.
1: Oh yeah, they have energy teas also. Energy
0: teas, yes. And they'll the um, you know, there's lots of different flavors. And I got a smoothie that was Snickers flavored. Um uh, it was it was a very nice interaction and the, the lady working there was nice and
1: And they don't um, and you this was your experience. Nobody tries to recruit you to be a distributor. It was not you didn't in any have to join a club. I thought it would
0: I was very excited I thought it would be very like now we got you know what I mean like because there's weird there are weird clubs like that like there's there's weird stuff I thought this would be a lot weirder than it was no it's just it was just a, a place where I bought a, a smoothie.
1: Right, um, um, and I think – I got
0: a little card that said if I bought 10 of them, I could get one for free or something like
1: that. It also had something about a free wellness check or free wellness consult so or something. They,
0: there is there is – you can log on to the website and if you go to like the – I think the the woman running was a distributor for Herbalife. And if you go to her website, you can like plug in your information and it tells you like – basically it tells you what your plan should be for eating, which ironically, which will go as a great shock, includes a lot of herbalife products. Um, it reminds me of that, the VIX thing that we talked about. We're yeah. like, actually, the best plan for fighting colds is this is VIX. Um, it did recommend for me 160 grams of protein per day, which seems like so much. Seems a like a protein. lot. A lot of
1: protein. I, so I think at the end of the day, um, these – like if you go into these – if it's anything like ours, these sorts of places, these nutrition clubs, technically what they are, um, you're just going to buy a smoothie and you might l- like it or you might not. I don't know. I guess it depends on your palate and that will be that. Um, I looked through the Herbalife line of products, which is like the way that they make these smoothies and sh- and teas and shakes and things using their products, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're only allowed to use their products at the, at the place. And um, it's, it's like anything else. I mean there's not – it's no – Worse or better than any of the other sorts of companies that do this, I think, right? Like there's a lot of protein-y things. There's probably a lot of – there's not – they don't want to do sugar, so there's probably a lot of fake sugars in there, which, you know, whatever – what are your feelings on those? That's fine. Some of them give me headaches. Some of them might give you diarrhea. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But, um, But like that's true for a lot of different products that are supposed to result in weight loss or promote, like, be meal replacement. That's the other big thing, right? Meal replacement type things. Um, they have tons of different flavors, and then they have all kinds of pills, and, and all the different, like, supplements have the same kind of idea, like, here's one for digestive health, and here's one for if you're going through menopause, and here's one to help you relax, and um, all kinds of, you know, things like that. Um, there's an ultimate prostate formula, Justin.
0: Uh, perfect what what a wild sentence to say to me Sydney
1: there's an ultimate prostate formula Justin um,
0: is how you punctuated it well last you have time? a
1: prostate I don't oh okay that was the only reason I said that I just don't have a prostate so I mean it would it would, it would be of no use to me um, they have skin products as well um, like I said the formula stuff is still in there um, and I don't I don't want to sit here and act like that they are. A standout in terms of their claims. There's all kinds of things like this. This is the wellness industry. It's just a bunch of stuff that is probably harmless. Now, like, I mean, probably, maybe, maybe. I um, they I, they also probably won't do a lot of the stuff you might want them to do because there is no science to back it up, right? Because right. if somebody had created a pill that gave you like. A, a perfect, like the perfect sports complex and a pill that would make you the best at all sports all the time, then it would be selling for lots and lots of money. You know, you wouldn't put it in a shake that you can get for $8. So, I, I mean, I don't know. It I, I, just, will,
0: I will say this. I do. Th- the reason I thought this was interesting is I do think it's worth knowing that if you see a smoothie store, <laughs> it may be a basically... It, a front for a real life distribution. I think that that's something that's worth that. If you get something out of this podcast episode, that's something that you could know that maybe if you see a, a place that has smoothies or a nutrition club that maybe it's just a front for Herbalife distribution. Um, front front makes it sound even sketchier than it actually it's
1: not, is. I mean, it's really like... It's not a front. It's it is. This Herbalife,
0: Herbalife on, the, on the counter, like, it's not, like, a secret.
1: Right. But I do like, think it's an wanna, interesting...
0: They're not being very um, direct about it.
1: No. I mean, I think if you ask them, like, do you sell Herbalife products? They say, yes. Do you distribute Herbalife products? Yes. Like, they're not gonna... Nobody's lying about anything. They're just also not putting that on the front of the building, right? Yeah, like, I've, they're not making it clear that that's what it is. Um, and, uh, this
0: place absolutely did again, the, the one in Huntington Herbalife products on the counter, not in any way trying to like pull, pull a one or whatever. But I do think it's worth knowing that like uh, other places may be more discreet than that. I got the sense for, for reading the rules that you sent that like Herbalife would maybe prefer that you're not super clear about, well, hold on. I'm reading too much into their motives with that. I will just say that like my impression of it is that Herbalife would prefer that you, uh, maybe conceal the source of some it, of these. In the
1: in the more. rules that were published in 2019, um, it says signage may not imply that Herbalife nutrition products are available for purchase. So yeah, I mean, I mean, so if, like
0: right, I'm not reading into it that much. Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean it just says, and uh, I mean their rationale is not here. Like it doesn't. I I'm not. I, I can't tell you why they would want you to think, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, But anyway, I don't know. I I, I think that like I I am a proponent of eating a well-balanced diet that provides you with all of the nutrients you need. And that is difficult to do for a lot of people because of um, financial reasons or because they live in areas where it's hard to get all the foods that they need. Um, I don't necessarily think that shakes and powders and pills are the answer there. Um, I think the widespread availability of all the various types of foods for a well-balanced diet is what everybody needs. Um, That's always my proponent when it comes to nutrition. Um, And I'm also, you know, we we have talked about on the show before, I'm not a fan of um, these diet companies and weight loss plans at all, period, any of them. Um, so that includes any company that will tell you we have the secret to weight loss. And it's a really dangerous culture that that you perpetuate with that. And um, there have been lots of products in history that have been dangerous because of that. I'm not saying that these are certainly, but I also think that again, nobody um, is selling nobody has this secret <laughs> formula that's going to make you feel great and perfect and be the answer to all of your health and wellness dreams. They just don't. Because it's way more complicated than that. And we all know that. So so that's that's your experience, my experience with Herbalife.
0: There you go. Uh, so do with that what thou wilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, just to reiterate for Herbalife's lawyers, this is, program is for entertainment purposes. <laughs> Only. <laughs> Nothing in it should be contained. <laughs> Any
1: Again, everything that I have read – is freely available to anyone. We didn't do. There was no. <laughs> there were no FOIA requests. There was no. Justin went in and bought a shake. The uh the. And it was good. Proprietor was, was very nice and pleasant to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had a very wonderful experience. It was a good shake. You enjoyed it. Yes. I, I don't. I don't know if you're healthier for it. But I don't, I don't think you're less healthy. I don't think I'm less healthy.
0: <laughs> I'm one shake more, Justin. That's it. It was it. a yummy experience yes, for the you. Shake and I became one <laughs> and I moved on with my life. Uh thank but you that so, was that. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> thanks to the taxpayers for use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thanks to you for listening. We really appreciate it. Um oh uh, we're going to be doing a, li- a live show, a virtual, uh, a virtual, a live, virtual show. live show. Um, if it were opening for a, a hit podcast coming up, uh, my my brother, my brother, and me.
1: What is that now?
0: It's uh, uh, that live show is going to be uh, September twenty fourth. Starts at nine p.m. Uh, tickets are on sale now for ten dollars. Go to bit.ly forward slash mbmbam virtual. And uh, you'll be able to watch that for two weeks after the show. So check it totally out. Bit.ly forward slash mbmbam virtual. That's going to do it for us this week. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head.
1: MaximumFun.org.
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.
1: Hey, podcast fan. We'd like to get a better idea of who you are and what you care about. So we have a quick favor to ask. If you have a few minutes to spare, please go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. There, we've got a short anonymous survey that will take about five minutes to fill out. Plus, if you finish it, you'll get a 10% discount on merch at the Max Fun store. Max Fun shows have always relied on support from our members and always will. This survey will help keep the few ads we do run interesting and relevant to you. That's maximumfun.org slash ad A-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y. All one word. And thanks for your help.